The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear till he has learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Uh, I had uh, a, a real privilege to go back to one of the scriptures that I really, or the chapter in the Bible that I really like and enjoy. I don't get to preach on it very much, but when I feel released to preach on it, it's a joy. I just want to talk about this thing. And uh, I titled this message, God Opens the Eyes of the Blind. God Opens the Eyes of the Blind. This is just a given statement by God himself. In, in Psalm 146, verse 8, it says, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He says nothing about every, uh, any other sickness. Just this. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord opens the eyes. Now, the Lord is not going to. The Lord has not opened. He is opening the eyes of the blind now. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. He's just declaring who he is. His job, what he loves to do. He loves to open blind eyes. He loves to raise those who are bowed down. Sometimes we are bowed down by death. We owe so much, we feel like there is no way I could ever raise my dad. I can never beat this thing. He's too big for me. Maybe it's family trouble. He's coming into your life and you feel so bowed down. Your dreams are not being fulfilled. It's it's getting late. You're wondering, how can I ever get out of this? God wants to raise you up. And today is your day in Jesus' name. God wants to raise you up. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He raises those who are bowed down. If you're feeling depressed, maybe out of sickness, you've been sick so long, it seems like you can never get out of it. God wants to raise you up. God wants you, not your head down, he wants you to look up. Stand up tall. He doesn't want those who are bowed down. He doesn't want you to remain there. He wants you to get out of it. He loves the righteous. I love that part. The Lord loves the righteous. And you wonder, who are the righteous? Everyone that's accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you haven't, you're not righteous. You can be a good man, but you're not righteous. Hey, is that Morgan? Hey, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's one of my sons. I just, I can't help myself. (laughs) Hey, it's good to see you. You want to stand up there, bro? Good to see you. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And Pastor Baba, no lights in the house. It's so good to see you. I always rejoice when I see these young people coming. Wow. 
I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> he, want, he loves the righteous. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God loves you. No matter what's going on in your life, He loves you. And He doesn't want your head bowed. He wants to lift you up. No matter what's going on in your life, He is in the business of lifting you up. Don't get discouraged. Trust in the Lord who loves you. He wants to raise you up. He loves you. You know, Jesus actually fulfilled this scripture when he came. He opened the eyes of so many blind. The blind came to him. You remember the story of the one who was saying, Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. You remember that? He was born blind and Jesus, just like he walked by him. And somebody said, be quiet. Don't, you're yelling too much. The guy said, I got my opportunity, and I'm not going to let this pass by. He yelled even louder, and Jesus heard him. And Jesus said, call him. And when Jesus said that, the same people, mark it, the same people who were tell, that were telling him to be quiet, they said, hey, he calls for you. Be of good cheer. In other words, you are not going to be blind anymore. When Jesus gets, when you get Jesus' attention, no matter what's happening in your life, that thing is bound to change. If you were blind, you see. If you were lame, you walk. If you have arthritis, that's gone. No matter what it is, he's got to change when Jesus passes by. But there was one in the scripture. That is so significant. And it's in John chapter 9. Now you know the chapter, okay? John chapter 9. This man was born blind. He was born blind. And that's not the only significant thing about it. If you read further in verse 32, we get to John uh, chapter 9. That was the first time in the history of mankind... That a man that was born blind was able to see. First time. Very first time. Never happened before. It's never happened. You're born blind, you're blind for what? But that was the first miracle in the history of the world. And Jesus was just passing by. And he's here today. Can I hear an amen? He's here today. Don't let him pass you by. He sure will not pass you by. The man didn't notice Jesus coming by. But Jesus noticed him and went to him. May he come to you this morning in Jesus' name. May he relieve you of whatever it is that is troubling you. In John chapter 9, Verse 1 through 5, it says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. 
I must walk the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night is coming. And believe me, the night is fast coming. The night is coming when no one can walk. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Notice he says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw the man and he went to the man. But notice his disciples were asking a question. There was something about this blindness that was different. They could tell by looking at the man that he was born blind. They didn't know his parents. They never seen him before. There was something unusual about this man's blindness that got their attention and they couldn't stop themselves. They had to ask from Jesus, what happened? Who sinned? Who sinned? Something must have happened really bad for this man to be born this way. Who sinned? But Jesus said, not the father. I don't know how they could have expected the man to sin. How can you sin when you've not been born? He's not been born. But somehow they felt something was wrong. I'm not sure they were thinking about it, but they were so astounded by what they saw that they were just asking questions. They needed to know. But Jesus said, it's not, it's not the parents and it's not the man. This was because God wants to reveal how he works. To reveal the works of God. Maybe the troubles that you're going through. Maybe the difficulty that you have in your life. Maybe it's been there for a while and you're wondering, I've tried everything, I've prayed. Nothing is happening. Why? What's going on? Could it be God allowed it so that through your life he will reveal to the rest of the world what he can do? You notice, it's never been done before. In my mind, this man was so unique. Way from eternity, God decided this fellow can handle it. His parents can handle it until my son appeared to Remedy the situation. Daniel is in the house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How faithful is our God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. God is good. Well, back to the message. <laughs> Could it be whatever is happening in your life? It seems sometimes you feel, maybe I caused it. And Satan is ministering to you, letting you know why God is not doing something. Could it be God's holding back? 
because this is really significant. God looked through eternity and said, that guy is special to me. But nobody knew it. It's never been done. That was the first time from history. Think about it. The shame. Notice if the disciples will say, who sinned? Even though they, they didn't really know the man. What do you think? What do you think about those around him? Family members. All they will be thinking. They're thinking exactly the same. And he had to bear that shame and disgrace. And his parents also. They have no they have no answer. They were clueless about what's happening. Thus, God is revealing to us how life is sometimes. It's not because you've done something wrong. You have to understand, sometimes it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because God has revealed, put that thing aside for himself. Remember the Bible says, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to what? His purpose. That was God's purpose. To open his eyes, to show to the world what God can do. It's not because he has sinned. And it could be what's happening in your life. If you're really sincere with God and you're trying to follow God, it may not just be because you did something wrong. It could be God has reserved something distant for himself so that when he's through, and we're not talking about this man now, we're talking about him today. And all over the world, people are preaching about a man who suffered a lot of shame and disgrace, questions about his parents, his childhood, if he sinned in the womb, and all kinds of stuff. But he did nothing wrong. It was all because God wanted to reveal his work in that man. Let me tell you how significant this is, because I'll go to, I'll go to so I don't lose my thought in that. Did you know this man, in verse 32, he said, since the world began, it's never been heard that a man opened the eyes of a blind. How did he know that? How did he know that? He's written in the word of God, right? So it must be true, right? How did he know it? He was a special man. He didn't look special to any of them. But to God, because God has reserved him for his glory, God gave him an insight into what's happening from the days of Adam. He knew. Point. You may be going through a difficult time. God has allowed it, but he's going to take it away. Amen? And he gets glory, and people talk about it for his glory. Amen? For his glory. For his glory. But sometimes it's because of sin. <laughs> it's because of sin. Because Jesus didn't say, No, you guys are wrong. You don't get this way because of sin. You, you don't get sick because of sin. Sometimes. It's because of sin. Things are happening to you 
Not because of your own sin, but because of the sins of your parents. And that's true. It can happen that way. In John chapter 5, Jesus healed a man that was an invalid for 38 years. 38 years, he sat by a pool waiting for that pool to be stirred so he can get in the pool and be healed. And he couldn't, couldn't. For 38 years. And Jesus found him and healed him. First question he asked him, do you want to be made well? And the guy had all this. I still thinking about that man. He had been there. He said, there was, there was no man to take me to the pool. Others have people to assist them. Before I get there somewhere else. How come he had nobody? My mind, he was really wicked. Excuse me. When you've lost all your friends and they don't want to be around you, even in a bad situation, something was really wrong, right? His family abandoned him. I know you guys never think about that, but that's the way I think. Somebody should be around to say, is about this time that the angel comes to steer the water, will come sit by you. He says, I have no man. But even when you have no man, guess what man you got? You got Jesus. Amen. Even when your family abandons you, you got Jesus. He's there with you. And so Jesus healed him. He didn't need the water. He needed Jesus. Amen. And we don't need what's, what all this place running around. What you need is get a hold of Jesus. Amen. Spend a little time praying. Maybe a little fasting. Calling on him. He'll hear you, and that situation will change, and will change for good, in Jesus' name. In John chapter 5, verse 14, he said Jesus found him after he had been healed, because he didn't know who healed him. Jesus just healed him and left. But Jesus found him and said, in the temple, I like it. When you get healed, don't stay home. Go to church. (laughs) Hello, people. Some people, I'm healed, I'm healed. I, 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 oh, it feels good. I'm going to go to Garvest tonight, enjoy my Sunday. No, go to church. God didn't heal you to go to Garvest. Go to church. This guy was smart. He was in church, temple, right? That's where Jesus found him, where you should be. Amen. I just needed to add that in, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. It says, after what Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. I'm sure he's listening. This is the God, right? That healed me. And Jesus says, Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Now, let me tell you this, and I'm going to be very sincere with you, open, I should say, open to you. I grew up in a culture where we worshipped idols. My wife's father was smart. He won't do that kind of stuff. But my family, we went to worship idols. You've heard me say this story before. I mean, it seems so innocent. You go before this idol, and they have animal sacrifice. Just like you read in the Old Testament, 
and they put the blood and all of that, and they put the blood in you and all of that for protection. That's the way they tell us. It's to protect you. And then they take us before this idol, and they say, kneel down, kneel down. And what it says, this is your God. I say, he doesn't look like God. He looks like a piece of wood. And then they say, pray to him. If this God can, how can he help me? His nose is crooked and all of that kind of stuff. How can he help? The, the eye is not well made. How is he going to help me? He, he can't help himself. So I go and I listen and I, they bow your head. I do that. And they say, pray. And, and, and then you're praying to this stuff in my heart. I was saying, he doesn't look like God at all. Some of us from Africa, you know that. You did it. Don't laugh at me. You did exactly the same. And then they caught you, you know, and, and they rub your head and put some kind of strange anointing on you. We all went through that. My wife's parents were smarter. They wouldn't do that. So Angela doesn't understand when I talk about stuff like that. The best part for me, I wanted all of that stuff gone. Finish whatever you're doing. I'll cooperate with you. But let's go eat the meat. They are agreeing with me. I love the meat. It's real good meat. But I didn't know they were putting me into bondage. I had no idea. And you can live your life, and many of them do, without knowing that they've sold their souls to Satan. They've opened the door for the enemy to come into their life. I had no idea. But as soon as I received Christ, it became evident that I have trouble in my life. It was rough. God allowed me, I guess God was was gracious to me, allowed me to just walk my Christian faith for a few years, or a few months, without those influence, and then God's like, okay, you got problems, you got to deal with them. There was times when I could feel the presence of a demonic force around, my, around me, and there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do about it. I started wondering, what more could a, could a man do to be a Christian? If you want me to confess, I confess everything. How come this? But I didn't realize those things, I wouldn't confess them. I didn't know they were sins of my parents. And my own sins going to those witch doctors, I didn't think it was even a big deal. They were a big deal. They were a big deal. But God opened my eyes. And some of us, we go into things that we don't understand. Ouija board and crazy stuff. Palm readers, you don't want horoscope. You don't want to go there. Every time you go in there, You've come to worship before the enemy. You've opened the door. And they're coming in. And so when God opened my eyes, you see, opening the eyes of the blind. When God opened my eyes, and then I confessed everything. That things that I, know, I, I didn't know what they did, but everything that my parents did, this is the way I put it, consciously or unconsciously. And you can do the same thing. I'm being very deliberate. This morning. If you don't, if something is happening in your life and there's no breakthrough, you've cried to God, it could be because of that. See, Satan is very legalistic. Until you confess it and disown it and renounce it, he says, I have a right. I've been in my office. Those demons tell me I have a right. I'm not going anywhere. They speak through the individual. 
They are telling me, I've been here, I'm not good living. Because I have a right to be here. And I said, why? They tell you the reason. So the person renounces it, and it's easy for the demons to go. Now, I know this is America. Demons still exist. They are the enforcers of those curses from the enemy. But you can destroy that by confessing. First, the, the sins of your parents. Whether you know them or not. I did for my parents. I confessed all of these things. God forgive me and forgive them. My own, consciously or unconsciously. If I open the door for them, I disallow it. I don't want it anymore. And then after that, I told them, hey, now you got to leave. You have no place to stand. They had to go. These things are so oppressive. When you're having a hard time, you're studying the scriptures, but you don't understand what you're reading. It could be because of that. It's hard to trust God and believe God. You're hearing what others hear, and they're following God, but you can't. It could be because you opened the door. And you can break loose from that. And be free. You know, in, in uh, Isaiah 52, verse 1, he says, Put on your strength, O Zion, the people of God. Put on your beautiful garment. You know what your garment is? The garment of righteousness. Righteousness has fruit. The fruit of righteousness. Don't put it away. Your righteousness came because you accepted Jesus into your life. God says, put it on. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garment. And in verse 2, he says, shake yourself from the dust. Amen. Every one of you can do it. Shake yourself from the dust. He says, arise. Right? Stand up. And then he says, sit down. Sit. Take those chains off you. Who is to take the chains off? God? No, you. Take the chains off. You have the garment of righteousness right now. And that only comes to you when your blind eyes are open. Then it's no longer just going to church. Amen? He's no longer going to church. His business. You know, a lot of Christians here, you know, I was battling. They said, what battle? <laughs> but you're still blind. <laughs> There's a battle on. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. Shake yourself from, up the, from the dust. Let God open your eyes so you can see. Let me tell you this. Spiritual blindness is worse than physical blindness. Because you claim you're right. You think you're right. If you go to the end of the chapter, chapter 9, Jesus says, For judgment, I came into the world. For judgment, I came into the world. That those who see, those who do not see, may see. And those who see, might be made blind. So, when you are blind, spiritually, you can't see anything. You claim you're right, 
and you believe you're wrong, right and everybody else is wrong, those Christians are crazy. They've lost their mind. I'm not following them. Guess what's happening to you? You've become truly blind. I hope you were not born blind. You're really blind. Let God open your eyes so you can see every man needs Jesus. If you are a human being on the earth, regardless of your race, you need Jesus. And if you don't think you need Jesus in your life, you are born blind. Let him open your eyes so you can see. It's the best thing that happened to me. Today, as we're talking to my daughter here today, Grace. I was talking here to get to have a... Today I was telling her early in the morning. I said, you guys, you're blessed. You don't have to deal with the things I had to go through. It was a serious battle. Very serious battle. Real. I never knew that demons really are. But when you have to face them in your own life, it's real. I was in Georgia with a Timpy. She was casting out this demon from this woman. I mean, that woman was really loose. I mean, she was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And Timpy called me and said, good luck, come and help me. That was when I was in school in Georgia. And that demon, she opened her mouth. This demon opens her mouth so wide that the demon will not leave. And you can see it like sunk back in. It won't go. And then she gets conscious of herself. She says, why wouldn't he leave me? I don't know. We prayed. I was in school, college then doing my master's degree. I got tired and I left Timpy. Timpy is your business. I'm gone. <laughs> hey, don't laugh. I was in college. <laughs> but she got free. And she was confessing things that because she was never aware that this demon was there. She never knew. She became aware and she wanted out completely. So she was saying things, I mean, in the presence of strangers, she was confessing things that most people won't, well, want to hide that. But she could kill it. She said, now she was aware. There are demons in the world. And they're speaking through her. She wanted out. But she got free. And I, she became a brand new woman. Can I hear an amen? I, to the point where her husband... I saw Tatimpi out. What did you do to my wife? She's a brand new woman. What, what, what did you do? I would have told in my crude days, I would say, she had a demon. <laughs> I wouldn't do that now, but more technical, okay? I won't say that. But these things are real. These things are real. And God needs to open the eyes of the blind. So we can see. Today you can be free. No matter what the enemy has come against your life with. In whatever area of your life. God can free you. All you need to do is stand up inside of you. And say I'm not taking this anymore. And you're not alone. Because Jesus is with you. Amen. You're not alone. He's standing with you. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, For God says, 
in an acceptable time, I have heard you. So there is an acceptable time that God will hear you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. So there is a day of salvation. A day of freedom. A day to be free from whatever oppression Satan has come against your life with. And if this is not true, then God must have told us a lie. And you will be the first one. Don't ever say that. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. He says, today, behold, now, everyone say the word now with me. Now is the acceptable time. It's the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So you can be free this morning. You can be free this morning. God wants you free this morning. You know, with this blind man, I see Jesus, I saw Jesus in this story do something kind of unusual. Unlike the way he healed other blind people. Because I believe, this is me, I believe that the man had a genetic disease. That's the way we say it in our time. Where, you know, most likely there was no opening. And that's happened because there was a kid in Kenya that was born that way, no opening. It's just no eyelashes, nothing, no opening at all. And God gave that, that baby in Kenya brand new eyes. With eyelashes and everything. First day you're looking at the mother. God's still doing it. Still opening the eyes of the blind. But Jesus did something this day. He spat on the ground. And he made clay. You know what that reminds me of? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. When God created Adam. See. First time in Genesis. That was the first time God took from what he had already created to create something else. First time when he created man. The rest of them, he just spoke. But first time he took. In my mind, he was going to do it again in the days of Jesus. And you dare not miss it. You know, in Genesis 22, I mean 2 verse 22, God also took something he's already made. But this time, uh, he took the rib from the man. Uh, that's why the woman is smarter than the man. They are from dirt. <laughs> Better listen to your wife, okay? She was taken from the rib. You were taken from the dirt. <laughs> I just thought to put that in, okay? <laughs> so that's why I say I am the head and my wife is the neck. And wherever she turns, that's where we're going. <laughs> if you're going to engage me for some kind of commitment, I'll tell you, can I talk to my wife first? Before I commit? Because it may not work. And pastor may have told you the truth, okay? I got to go find out. The man was taken from the dirt. But the woman, 
That's right. Please don't preach that to your husband at home. (laughs) So God did that. And demonstrated that he is God. And that's where the trouble comes. What, and I'm going to end with this. What you focus on in life will overtake you. What you focus on in life will overtake you. Concerning God, there are no middle grounds. There are no middle grounds with God. You are either on this side or you are on the other side. That's why Jesus said, I came with a sword. That's the way it always is. There are no middle grounds. When God has done something, everyone will look at the same thing and come up on one side or the other side. That's the way it always will be. Secondly, every time God does a miracle through your life, he'll give you an opportunity to share it. And you only keep your miracle. Angel, I prayed for those who had miracles this morning. Sometimes we lose it. You know why? You didn't share it to anybody. He'll give you an opportunity to. And if you don't speak it, you've opened the door for the enemy to steal it. I've seen a lot of people healed here. And they may not keep it because they're not saying it. If you say it and you continue to say it, establishes it in heaven. Nobody can take it from you. God will not allow a word of testimony from your mouth not to be established. And they overcame him by what? By the blood of the lamb and what? And the word of their testimony. He'll always give you an opportunity to share it. Always. And when you hesitate, do you know why? Because you're still in doubt. And when you doubt, you're disqualified. According to scriptures. But when you proclaim it, then Jesus said, everyone who proclaims, acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. So as you are acknowledging your miracle before men, guess what? In heaven, it is established. It's just the way things are. I have to agree that sometimes the thing about the word of God is not just knowing and reciting scriptures. It's understanding the way of the Lord. Principles. Because there are ups and downs. And God will allow that to test you. To see if you really understand his ways. That's what it is. I've seen a lot of people healed. And they are afraid. And then we ask them, why didn't you share? Well, I want to be sure. (laughs) Really? I don't want to lie. Well, did you feel, have you ever felt the way you're feeling now before the prayer? No, but I want to be sure. You open the door. You open the door. You remember the man that was uh, insane? 
had legion and will follow Jesus? Which is better, following Jesus or going back to your people? Most of us will think, follow Jesus. Jesus will not allow it. He said, go back. Tell everyone what the Lord has done for you. That's important. Because in doing so, you're with Jesus. And that thing is established. That thing is established. Bow your heads with me. I'll continue. You know, there is a, a scripture. God was telling Moses, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who dishonor me will be lightly esteemed, God says. One of the ways that we honor God is to acknowledge him and to accept him into our lives. Our lives so that God can honor us back in return. If you're here and you haven't made a conscious decision in your heart, I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus. I will follow Jesus. And you want to do that today. Consciously, God helping you. You will follow God with God's help. If that's you today and you want to make that conscious decision Please do by raising up your hand at the count of three. Acknowledge God so that God will acknowledge you. Jesus was clear. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. I love to do that. That's you. Please raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your, I see that hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand too. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand, ma'am. I see that hand. Thank you. Would you all please stand up? This, this is a very holy moment. I know for us it's like somebody putting their hands, but believe me, the angels in heaven, they've seen those hands raised today, and they are rejoicing in heaven. And please, after this prayer, know that God heard you. He saw your hand this morning, and your name was written in the book of life. You don't have to do it again. God has accepted you. God has accepted you. You are his son. You are his daughter. All you need to do, just like newborn babes, all you need to do, find a way to grow. We have Sunday school. You can come in at 9.30 so you can be taught the word of God. That's very important. Everyone, please pray with me today. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sins. Lord, I confess my sins to you today. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, enable me to follow the Lord Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give